What's up, nerds and nerdettes? This is the podcast where everyone knows your name. Cheers to you. Cheers to you. I'm Josh. And I'm Tyler, and this is 30 and Nerdy. And we are coming at you here from the Fortress of Nerditude with yours truly, the registered nerd practitioner, the founder of Nerdledge, The Mac. And it's always great to be joined by my co-host, the juicy one, the nerdtorious JLD, the PhD of nerdology, Dr. Davis himself. That never gets old. I know. For those of you listening again, thanks for joining us. Um, We're having the time of our life, and thank you for tuning in week in and week out and uh, having some fun with us. And if you're listening for the first time, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Overcast, TuneIn Radio, Radio Public, and of course we have our YouTube channel. We hope that you'll subscribe on any of those platforms, hit that five star and leave us a nice review or a suggestion. And uh, we are on social media, Facebook, give us a like and a follow. We are on Twitter and Instagram, and we have a pretty gnarly website, www.30andnerdypodcast.com. You can uh, check out some of our pictures we upload, as well as blog every single Sunday. And all that stuff is free, right? Yeah, it's uh, totally all free. free of charge. So if you don't like it, it's a money-back guarantee. Yeah. In fact, we'll double your money. We'll double your money back if you don't like it. So, uh, last week's episode, man. Yeah. Stranger Things 3. Wrapping, wrapping up our Stranger Things mm-hmm. trilogy, for now. Yes, for now, until 4 comes along. Um, got a lot of great comments back from it of course you know anything talking about stranger things people love that's true Uh, and if you missed it it is on our youtube channel you can take a look at it and um what are we getting into this week today i'm so very excited we're gonna be talking about harry potter because as you listen to this it is actually harry potter's birthday july 31st and not only is it harry potter's birthday but it's also J.K. Rowling's birthday, the person who created this wonderful, magical world that so many of us have grown up with and continue to share with our friends and family who mm-hmm. maybe uh, weren't around at the time yeah. or they're new to it. And I'll tell you about reading it, uh, reading the first book with one of my classes at school, mm-hmm. and that was so much fun, and it was great, and, and, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about just the impact that Harry Potter has had on the world, on our culture, um, and all the different aspects of harry potter that oh, have you know <laughs> movies I never books. could have imagined it would get as big as no it has no when that first book came out i never thought that there'd be an entire wizarding wizarding world we all knew it was something special but no one could have foreseen no. that it would no. become no. what it is no. today and uh so happy birthday harry happy and birthday happy harry. birthday jk and uh, we're going to get to some of that stuff after a word from a couple of our sponsors. Alright. What's up, Muggles? It's Josh here to tell you once again about our friend Zach at Advertising Expressions. You know, Harry and the rest of the Quidditch team, they probably went to Zach 
to get matching t-shirts, you know, Harry Potter, number one, Seeker, whatever. If you're looking for shirts for your Quidditch team, be sure to hit up our friend Zach, Advertising Expressions. You can reach him at 423-586-3270. His uh, store is at 2103 Morningside Drive, or you can visit his website at advertising-expressions.com. Tell him 30 and 30 sent you. He'll get you taken care of. You know... The arts are a vital part of the educational process, which is another key to economic development and improved quality of life. Arts education and opportunities help participants develop skills in critical thinking, goal setting, team building, problem solving, conflict resolution, and craftsmanship. At Encore Theatrical Company, they aren't just dreaming it, they're doing it. Encore Theatrical Company is a volunteer-based regional community theater that uses the power of the arts in live performances, education, and various creative outlets to cultivate and enhance the quality of life in the Lakeway community and the East Tennessee region. There is always something going on at Encore from plays, musicals, camps, classes, community outreach, and most of all, fun. Come see what it's all about here in Morristown, Tennessee, where it's not just theater, it's Encore. Alright, time to talk nerdy to you. Your nerd vocabulary word for the week is nerdaholic. And a nerdaholic is someone who is a little too addicted to a certain thing in our world of nerd, or nerddom, if you will. Example, have you seen the Pokemon Nerdaholics that are so into it that they only wear Pokemon clothing and only talk about Pokemon? I've seen a few of those. I mean, and you could even go as far as to say there are Harry Potter Nerdaholics. There are MCU There are Nerdaholics. And those same Nerdaholics are the ones who you, you see writing fan fiction and stuff like that. So, and not I that there's actually, anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I actually met a, a supernatural nerdaholic that I used to work with at Central Services. I'm a supernatural fan. Big time. But this girl <laughs> creeped me out. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's your nerd word for the week. Nerdaholic. Use it in a sentence, and if someone's like, where'd you learn a word like that? Oh, let me tell you. 30 and Nerdy Podcast. And you'll just send them back to us. Uh, so yeah, that's your nerd word for the week. Thanks for that. And and since you're so impolite, I'll be the nice one. And I'll, I'll ask you, how are you doing this week, Tyler? You know, I'm doing pretty good. I, you know, I got back from Europe and I've started rehearsals for this show, The History of the Devil, with uh, HorrorCon. We're doing mm-hmm. it at the HorrorCon in Knoxville. And I'm also in Rocky Horror with Encore Theatrical. And, you know, we had a get-together the other day for your birthday, yeah. and then some of us American Idiot casts got together at the pool last night, and I just feel like I'm tired, man. Been good, like, go, go. I've just not yeah. had a second to myself probably in the last month, so I just, and I'm feeling it, but I, no matter how tired I am when I get here, we get to talk about nerd stuff, I get excited, and I get woke <laughs> and just uh, happy to be here. It makes it so, all okay. Uh, and I got to help you paint a little trim in your new classroom this week. Yeah, a little bit. I, I didn't do as much painting as you, but... Uh, finally started uh, the paint painting of my new room. Uh, got in there, and this was literally, folks, an empty... This was used to be a computer lab. It's the first time it's a classroom, at least in a long time, from what I hear. 
And so it's an empty room, like yellow walls. Manila. Manila. That Manila was, walls. That was how I described yeah. it. So I, I was a little overwhelmed because I knew I had a, a big job ahead of me. But I, I finally got it done, and you stopped by and helped a little bit. I mm-hmm. uh, greatly appreciate that. It's done. Uh, so the room is painted, except I still have to organize everything in the yeah. room. i got to put all my posters and mm-hmm. stuff like that up. My first official uh, obligated day at work uh, technically is tomorrow night. But then Wednesday, I'm back all day. So back. So when man. when everybody's hearing this, I'll have just finished my first day at your first new school. Full day at my new school. And let me no tell kids you, yet. kids, students, parents, teachers. You know, I used to be a teacher. I'm a teacher's kid. My best friend's a teacher. My sister-in-law's a teacher. My brother-in-law was a teacher's. My brother was a teacher's aide. My younger brother teaches in New York, so we're a teaching family. We need it summer just as much as the kids do mm. and we and teachers feel going back just <laughs> as much as the kids do so not more so when school starts back take it easy on them kids because they're coming out of that summer heat as well um but i think you're gonna have fun man. i will say though like in our school system they do a really good job of getting us pumped up and motivated yeah. for the beginning of school. They oh, really yeah. do. So I would say that by the time I have a room full of kids, and usually like I'm on my A game when I got the kids with me, you know. Yeah. And I just kind of tune everything else out and I focus on them and I just try to have fun with them because that's really all they want. Like if they're having fun. Well, yeah, if they see you having fun teaching, then they'll have fun learning. And they want to listen if you're having fun and you make it fun. And I try yeah. to do that. I mean, and you can imagine, you know, my room being full of, you know, Spider-Man stuff and all that. So they're all mm-hmm. into it and I really am looking forward to it. It's going to be sad not being able to lay around and do nothing and hang out with yeah. them all day, but um, it's going to be a good year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited, man. So let's get on to your favorite segment. What, what you watching? watching? So, uh, what are you watching? Well, I watched I watched two things this week. I, I watched uh, on Netflix Saving Mr. Banks. Great movie. Uh, I saw it in the theaters, actually, uh, several years ago when it came out. But it was on, and I said, you know what? What the heck? So I watched it because I didn't remember a lot of it. And, man, it is a great, great movie. So if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Saving Mr. Banks, it's on Netflix. It's the story of how Walt Disney and the Sherman Brothers, the guys who did his music for him in the Walt Disney's early played days. by. Oh, Walt Disney's played by the one and only Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. and he knocks it right out of the park, by golly. Emma Thompson plays uh, the lady who wrote Mary Poppins. Her name has escaped me right now, Travers. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just gives them such a hard time. She hates everything that they come up with. She rejects everything, and she criticizes everything. And they just have the worst time trying to convince her to make this movie. But obviously, but I love the scene where he out. takes her around the park. That's a great scene. Yes, and just like... Uh, let's run wine. Well, I don't want to give in too much away in case you know someone who's yeah. listening hasn't seen it. But my favorite scene is when he comes to her house and has a talk with her, and that's sort of what's like that's the final nail in the coffin, yeah. man. Tom Hanks, we don't deserve Tom Hanks. No, Can we I don't. Just say like, that? have like, you seen the trailer to Mister Rogers, dude? Like I teared up thinking about that last, my childhood and that last and he, scene. 
He's on the subway. He he, he nails it. Yeah, he's he can do anything. And he makes you completely forget that it's Tom Hanks. He does a fantastic. Yeah, the scene on the subway where the kids and the adults hey, are singing. Hey, Mr. Rogers, and they sing. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and he says, "Oh, well, that was, that was wonderful." That was and wonderful. that's exactly what Fred Rogers would have said. He yeah. would have just thought that was the most delightful, wonderful thing that he had ever seen. And like he was like one of the few people who, even in the terrible times that happen in this world and in this country, you know, he's trying to teach through a positive enlightenment and just. Be nice. Be a yeah. neighbor to one another. And you don't get enough of that. There'll never be another Fred Rogers. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm excited for that. I'm I excited. Am What's the other thing you're watching? Oh, yeah. Uh, so the other thing is uh, the new Amazon Prime series, The Boys. It's based off of a comic book of the same name by uh, Dynamite Comics. And oh, wow. it's. I will go ahead and tell you right off the bat, this is not for the little ones. This is uh, like TV 14. So very, not for the nerdlings. No. Very mature content like... Um, language. Lots of language. Lots of uh, nudity. Um, ah, lots wow. of graphic violence. Like, right away. I'll, this isn't a spoiler because this is like the first scene. But like, it's about this guy named Hugh. He has a girlfriend and everything. And they're walking down the street one day. And she just suddenly... It looks like she just vanishes. But it's because she's been hit by this really, like a speedster type superhero. So she just is blown to bits. And he's standing there, he was holding hands with her, and he's just holding her hands, and that's all that's left of her. Oh Again, that's God. not a spoiler, it's like right in the very beginning. Was okay. the speedster drunk? No. Um, so that's part of the mystery right so now. so not the Flash, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. He stopped for a second, but... I can't say much yeah, more about yeah, it, but like yeah, in no. this world, there are a few superheroes, and they're like celebrities, and they're like they work for this corporation who sort of owns them, and they put them on social media, and it's like a big business. So, so they're egotistical. They're most of them are terrible people, superstars. <laughs> yeah. So it's great. Um, I do highly recommend it. I'm really crazy about it. I'm only two episodes in, so the the good thing about it is it's great. And I can't wait to see the rest and of Aomir's it. Aomir's in it. And uh, Carl Urban, yeah, he's in he's it. He's like the unsung nerd. And the guy who plays Hugh, the, the the boyfriend I mentioned, he was in The Hunger Games, and he was the guy that killed Rue. Spoiler alert. Uh, he was the guy that threw the spear and killed Rue. Young, blonde-headed guy? No. Uh, he's the He's got like light brown hair. I'm oh, thinking of the dude that like made it to the very end. Yeah, I'm thinking of the guy who'd wound up being a good guy. He was like the District Two guy, and he wore all the flashy, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Okay, stuff. Yeah, yeah, his name was Marvel, I think. Yeah. So um, the good news is it's really good, and I'm excited about it, and I can't wait to see the rest. The bad news is I love it so much, and I'm sure most people do. So there's probably going to be a line of pops come out, and I'll have to have every single. Oh one. no! So <laughs> that's the bad news. Or you maybe they're going to have to do a nerdy pop rides again. Maybe it's good news and good news. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, sure. Depends well, on how your wallet thinks it's bad news. Uh, but for sure, my wife too. <laughs> so. so last week you asked me to watch something. Yeah. The Princess and the Frog. Yeah. So I watched it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't just watch through it. I, I I watched through it and took notes. Good, good. Not anything ridiculous, just little thoughts. Like, I would just throw out thoughts. Like, first off, I love a good southern accent. <laughs> like, that New Orleans southern drawl. Like, I love the accents. The little blonde in the beginning. Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. She reminds me of Honey Boo Boo when she was a little yeah. girl. <laughs> and... 
John Goodman. Mm-hmm. When he came, when I realized that was him, he sounds just like Big Dan T though from uh, Bible Sales Bible Sales Boys. Um, I liked when the dad said, "Wish can only get you so far." The rest Tiana's is hard dad. work. I think that was Terrence Howard, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. The one good thing he did was voicing <laughs> a kind dad. Um, and of course, the dad dies. It's yeah. Disney, so can't have both parents. Um, I love the music. I loved New Orleans when I got to visit there, so and the the movie really captured the vibe. I mean, even still to this day, it has that same vibe. Oh, you mean they got those details, huh? Yeah, sure. Uh, they got crocodiles playing trumpets and stuff, and uh, um, <laughs> the voices were good. I I couldn't recognize uh, the prince. I, is because, he a popular? No, he's, he's not? not. He was uh, someone who was like. Uh, one of the animators or something. Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I I used to know more like, about I this. I was but. picking people out, and I was like, oh, that's, you know, because I'm a big voice acting fan- fanatic, but I'm on, like, who is this on guy? On the DVD, there was a, a little thing about that, and it talked about how he, he did it, but he's not done much of anything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, don't know how you pronounce it. Dr. Facilier. I just call him fan- the Shadow Man. He's a fantastic villain. Yeah. Um. I love his charisma. I love his his just his swagger. He almost in the one day that I've seen that has has went up on rungs of villains mm-hmm. from a Disney for sure. I don't want to get like too off in the weeds on this, but I want to tell you that if you go to Disney at Halloween, they have Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, mm-hmm. and they have special shows in front of the castle, like the Three Witches from Hocus Pocus, yeah. the Sanderson Sisters. Yeah. They come out, and the Shadow Man is also in it. And does he do? Uh, yes. Friends on the other side. Yes, and uh, the Oogie Boogie Man too. Aww. He comes out, so it's a that's like my favorite time. That's to a be great Disney. time to go. Yeah, they have like l- pumpkins everywhere. Like they have these big, huge barrels full of candy, and you literally just go up to it and just scoop all the candy and you as want much as you can, and you can go around through it again. So we always leave with way too much candy. <laughs> we give um, it to the kids at school. I also loved the spin on the the old wives' tale of the Princess and the Frog. That, that that instead of every, you know it's a reverse spell basically. Yeah. Um, I loved that. Um, the nice alligator that plays the trumpet, he's hilarious. And of course, Jim Cummings is my favorite character as Ray. Yeah. Oh no, I'm living up here. <laughs> I loved Ray, but then they killed Ray. Spoiler alert! Somebody's got to die. You know. I was like, what a terrible way to. I mean, like they didn't kill a big character. They killed the tiny little firefly, and I never thought I'd cry over a firefly, dude. But that was so sad. I saw this one in the theaters. It hit me hard too. Like, like especially at the end, you know, he winds up with his Evangeline. 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 Yeah. You know. Um. But I definitely enjoyed it, and like you said last week, it had the feel Old of school feel. our Disney movies. Exactly. That, like I enjoyed it more than anything they've released today, mm-hmm. because it gave me that nostalgic. Yeah. Like, wow, this could have been. An, Filmed alongside like Great Mouse Detective, mm-hmm. Sword in the Stone, any one of those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. They need um, to do more of that old style of animation, yeah. I think. Um, I think ever since they bought out uh, Pixar, they've leaned towards that animation too much. I think it's just the way of the world, man, but for, I guess it's just for us, you know, yeah. that older style. Just I enjoyed it. And I think more. it's what really like kept me going the whole movie was there wasn't like. Uh, I could, you know, pick up my phone, or I can go to the restroom, or mm-hmm. I can, you know, and still let it play in the background. It's like it's almost like 
oh wow it's the old animation like I feel like I'm in elementary school again yeah exactly that's exactly how I felt too it just it just it was good it was a great recommendation I knew you'd like it and I'm so glad that you did yeah I think uh, that's one Disney movie that I would get behind bringing to Broadway oh dude me I've thought about that the set could be beautiful the lighting we'll give him a call yeah (laughs) I mean if you can do the Lion King on Broadway you can have you can get some frogs and stuff yeah I'd want to play Ray you can do anything on Broadway (laughs) yeah you can do anything on Broadway but yeah man um I uh, can't wait to talk about what we watch this week, or uh, for next week's episode. But thanks for the suggestion. And I'm gonna say that everybody else out there, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Ten yeah? out of ten would recommend. Absolutely. You know what that means? It's time for your nerd news of the week. So. How long ago would you say that the reboot of Power Rangers happened? The movie? Oh, probably uh, two years ago. Two year years and a half ago. Or okay. so. Well, fun fact mm-hmm. they're rebooting it again. They're rebooting the reboot? They're re rebooting. Uh, so they're doing a whole nother Power Rangers origin movie. Of the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. They probably should, because the last one was pretty bad. Yeah, poor Dacre Montgomery. He was great as Billy, but not a good Jason. And just that story was... I, I, I watched it, because it was like on Hulu or something. Well, yeah. Because I wasn't going to pay to watch it, because I heard how awful it was. Well, and as a Power Rangers fan, sure. you got to watch it. So I watched it, and it was like an hour and a half before you even saw him in the suits. Exactly. What the heck? Way too slow build. Way too much. Yeah. I didn't hate the change of the mythos of Zordon was a red, the Red Ranger and Rita was the Green Ranger that turned on them. Yeah. I didn't hate that. Yeah, that was that a cool was little spin on it. But so I guess it just it didn't work out, and so Saban's like, let's reboot it again and maybe do it right. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's happening. I look to more news coming probably. Uh, Dragon Con time, I think they said they'd be willing to talk so, some like, more. Next month? Yeah, next after. month. Okay. We'll get some minor details. Um, Batwoman is coming up soon in the DC TV universe, and apparently it's getting some heat, some backlash for apparently giving this anti male vibe, this anti Batman vibe. And and this is based off of just the like previews. Yes, of it, just or? based off the previews. There are some fans who are like it's so anti-male, and as a Batman fan, as a guy, and a nerd, who cares? It's Batwoman. Yeah. I'm sorry if and if there's other reasons, sure. But is your male sensitivity so damaged that? Batwoman offends you for being anti-male. It's yeah. about Batwoman. Yeah. And it's after Bruce has left. Even if it's true, man, like, some things just aren't meant to reach everybody. Yeah. You know? Like, do you really think, like, a 45-year-old white person, white man, <laughs> should be able to truly judge Batwoman as a show? Yeah, like, doesn't mean you can't enjoy it, of no, course. No, just but enjoy like, it. It like, may not be meant... Like, I was reading some of the hate comments, and I was like, okay. Something, I mean, there are more important problems in the world. I haven't seen anything about it. I don't know anything about it other than what you've just now told me. But, you know, you and I, we don't have a whole lot of that 
toxic male thing no, going no, on. No, so, no. like, you and I are probably totally I'm sitting there going, to go, baby, go, baby, yeah, go. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, we talked about this a little earlier this week, me, you, and Logan. Zombieland 2 double tap trailer released. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, in the trailer, man, you realize that there are more survivors out there mm-hmm. than the four that we fell in love with in the first movie. Yeah. And it is star studded. There are celebrities coming out the woodworks for this sequel. And Abigail Breslin's all grown up, so it's like this crazy flash forward opportunity on them being older. Um, Luke Wilson's in it. I saw that. Um, I'm excited. I really am. Uh, I think it's going to be very fun uh, to go see. I think it's going to be funny. It's going to be kind of a. We'll just have to get some Twinkies. You know, yeah. and to to watch it. Uh, hopefully, it's one that the three of us can sit down and watch together. Yeah. So, your boy, Spidey, has made another mile marker for the Mar- Marvel Universe. Uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home is the first ever Spider-Man movie to cross the one billion one billion with a B dollar mark. Mm. It's crazy and well deserved. Absolutely, it's well-deserved. I mean, my favorite Spider-Man movie. I, mean, um, I, I liked Homecoming. I think you liked it a little more. I think I liked Homecoming just like a smidgen more than mm-hmm. Far From Home. Like, not even enough to even talk about. Yeah. And it's only because he was in New York. And like, you know, Spider-Man, New York, friendly yeah, neighborhood. Like, yeah. I get it. He can't always be there. You gotta make it a little more interesting. So, I, it's not that a problem with it. It just felt a little bit different. I still loved it. But I still can't say that either of them are my favorite. Uh, End of the Spider-Verse is my absolute favorite Spider-Man movie ever made. And we and didn't it, deserve it. And it's the lowest grossing, Yeah, which is crazy. But, but it also shows what people like. Right. And, well, and I told you about this earlier. Like, I don't think that they did a very good job of marketing that movie. No. Like, I knew hardly anything about it going into it. I mean, you even said you went into it thinking, eh. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's going to be a cartoon. It's going to yeah. be just, man, whatever. But it was incredible. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say it again. I've, I've, this is probably the third or fourth time since we've started the show that I've said this. If you have not seen Into the Spider-Verse, don't wait <laughs> anymore. It's Go, on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Go. Watch it. You will not be disappointed. I mean, I had... It's the, mesmerizing. I have the, the digital copy on my Movies Anywhere account. And like sometimes when we would have days at school when... You know, we were allowed to show movies. I don't just show movies in class all the time. But it was like, I let them pick. They pick into the Spider-Verse. And, like, the next time, they picked it again. We watched Even it though twice. They've seen it. Even the the kids who aren't into superheroes and stuff. Well, I'm telling they you, sat there. Visually, it's just it's beautiful. Exactly. You said mesmerizing. Yeah. That's the perfect way to describe it. Because they were. And I've seen it, you know, so many times now. But if it's on, I'm still stopping everything that I'm doing. And I'm, I'm watching it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So good. So good. Absolutely. Um, so, before we get to the sad news, uh, it's time for a new world of The Walking Dead, apparently. The untitled spinoff, which was announced this past April, uh, dropped its first bit of content thanks to a new teaser released on AMC's Facebook. This series will follow two young female protagonists and and others in the first generation to come of age in the apocalypse. So, young stars. That's interesting. Yeah. Two female leads, and there are some other, but they're teenagers I'm, who I'm, have come of age in the apocalypse, and it comes out this next spring. I'm just going to say it. Like, I don't really care 
No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, I get a hard time sometimes, or people give me a hard time, because it's like, oh, Josh just likes everything. No, not true. That is false. The Walking Dead, the past two seasons or so, pff, I don't care anything about it. I haven't watched... I'd say three. Since the stuff with Glenn. Yeah. It was just like downhill. It just moves so slow now. And I didn't watch uh, any of the last season past Rick. Um, I just don't care anymore. It's just not working for me. And that's kind of like what we were talking about with Stranger Things. I think Walking Dead's overstated. It's welcome. It's welcome. Yeah. So maybe this show will be something cool for us to watch. I mean, I hope that they can, you know, get it back together and revitalize the, you know, the... The franchise and everything, because I really did love it before. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'll check out the, the movies that they're coming yeah. out with. and Those are all be, that those and, will be in New York and all about where Rick went. Okay. So, so those we'll will be see. exciting. And plus it's big screen, not small screen. So we got some sad news this week in the nerd world. Yeah. Um, you can talk about this. Just the other day... Uh, Rusi Taylor is her name. Um, she was 75 and she was the voice of Minnie Mouse. Uh, she also did the voice of uh, Martin on The Simpsons, but let's let's face it, Minnie Mouse, Minnie Mouse. is the number one thing here. Um, so she did pass away and I found this out today and this is amazing, okay? This is this makes me believe in like true love and stuff, okay? Get this. Rusi Taylor was married to a voice actor named Wayne Allwine, who was the voice of Mickey Mouse until his death in 2009. So Mickey and Minnie were married in real life until his death. He Tyler is smiling so big right now. Isn't that the most heartwarming, oh wonderful thing you've ever heard? That's amazing. That's just that's magical, man. That's great. So that's beautiful. Really, it is. Oh. So. Rest in peace, uh, Rusi, and thank you for all your oh contributions to the magical world yes. of Disney. Thank you for all your contributions. And for making my daughter smile every time she exactly. sees Minnie Mouse. So. Exactly. Um, but that, uh, I know we ended on a sad note, but that is your nerd news of the week. You know, nerds, when we're working on the show, or bringing, binging Stranger Things, or Rewatching Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or even playing Ultimate Alliance or Fortnite, we get hungry. And when we need to refuel, nine times out of ten, we're going to choose Akita Express. Akita is a family-owned restaurant where they treat you like family and feed you till you're full. Full-service portions and quality at a fast pace. They honestly believe in providing the best customer service and fast food for a reasonable price. Fresh, hibachi grilled food in a matter of minutes. If you haven't tried it, I'm sure they will be able to fix you something you will enjoy. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Give Akita Express a try. They are at 3100 East Morse Boulevard right here in Morristown, Tennessee. And when you stop by, tell them 30 and Nerdy sent you. Creative Theater was formed in 2016 by several theater professionals who saw a need for quality community theater and arts education in the Pigeon Forge area. Each of these founders had previously desired to launch their own organization and one day, through conversations, realized that they all shared the same dream, to pass on to others the love of theater. By uniting their time, energy, resources, and expertise, Creative Theater commenced thus fulfilling 
their dreams by making new experiences for others. Creative Entertainment, a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, is dedicated to entertain, enrich, and educate through high-quality productions and programs which expose the community to the excitement of the arts. Now You can find Creative Theater at 125 Music Mountain Drive, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, 37863. Give them a call for their next show, 865-888-6311. Give Creative Theater a try. Thank you, John Williams, for this wonderful musical introduction. And we told you earlier that it was Harry Potter's birthday. Tyler, how old is Harry Potter today? Uh, today, Harry Potter would be 39 years old. 39 years old. Wow. Happy birthday, Harry. Happy birthday. And happy birthday, J.K. Rowling. I don't know how old she is, but it's probably best if we don't discuss the lady's age. Yes, yes, She yes, would yes. probably prefer that. But... That means that it's time for us to on Harry Potter, the whole Potter verse, everything Harry Potter, because there's so much of it. Did so, you ever think, reading the books as a kid, that one day there would be a cell phone game, or countless video games, countless Lego games, movies? Other books, not once, um, not 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 ever. Spinoff books and movies. I mean, yeah. a theme park. It's true. The Potter versus. I mean, it, it outgrew Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's up there with Star Wars. It's up there with the MCU, and it's just. I've a, always kind of wondered, like, if several years from now. The Harry Potter books aren't something that are you know it's going to be studied you know like you read certain novels in schools and everything mm-hmm. and like if it's one of those it becomes such a classic that it's put into the curriculum. I don't know why I wouldn't because like you could you could use Harry Potter to teach a creative writing class even if it's names just the first one. and yeah even if it's just I mean you got to. Use the first book. I, I did. Uh, I had a. It was a small class, and we mostly it was like kids that needed a little extra help with mm-hmm. reading. So, like, my main goal was to get them excited and interested in reading. So we read a lot of fun books. We read like the Indian in the Cupboard and oh, stuff like that. Yeah, I loved. But that. I was like, okay, guys, this is a book that really made me a reader, yeah. and. I'm going to try my best to make it fun for you and exciting. And I tried to read, like, with, you know, the voices and stuff. Dude, they loved it. They loved it. They wanted to read the second one, but we didn't have enough copies. So it was a win for sure. But they were into it big time. And, so. again, a, a teacher victory thanks to J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's just it's changed the world. And to think that next year he'll be 40. Wow. The 40th. And when we birthday. say this, we mean like Harry Potter, the, the character, character. Not Daniel, Rac- Daniel Radcliffe's our age. Yeah. He's like two or three weeks younger than me. I'm younger thinking. than you. Yeah. Yes. So um, I'm older than Daniel Radcliffe. Yes. Mm. And makes I am feel, not, that makes you feel I, good well, about yourself. Well, only about three weeks. <laughs> so, so speaking of the books, mm-hmm. uh, you had... The Sorcerer's Stone in 1997. Mm-hmm. Like, you never think about that. Like, Harry Potter was a 90s, 90s book. Yeah. You think about, like, how late the movies went 
and how late the books ended up going mm-hmm. once you got to the seventh book. But 1997, you had the sor- Philosopher's Stone was mm-hmm. the original title, but the Sorcerer's Stone. And you didn't get the first movie until 2001. When were you first sort of introduced to Harry Potter? Uh, not 97. <laughs> um, 2001. I read it at Metaview when I was in sixth grade. Um, between the Lord of the Rings and the Harry Potter books, they sent me to the AR trip every year. <laughs> so, um, uh, for those who don't know, AR means accelerated reader. Yeah. Like kids read books and they take quizzes on and the get computer points, about it. And, and if you, you get can, so many, you get a reward. Yeah. So between Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, I went to the trip all three yeah, years. Sure. So, uh, but yeah, 2001, I read the first book. So for me, it was like 98 or 99. Uh, my mom had a friend who came to visit us, and we went shopping one day, and she's a big reader. And she wanted, she said, I've been reading these books, and I think you will love them, and I want to buy you the first two books because wow. I think the first three had been out. And I was like, man, whatever. I don't really want books. I was hoping she'd buy me a toy or something. <laughs> so she bought me the Sorcerer's Stone. And I still have, It was the paperback copy. I still have it somewhere. She wrote in yeah, it so and everything. It was the best, one of the best gifts now in hindsight that I've ever received because it opened up this whole world for me. So uh, it took me a little bit to read the first one because really it doesn't get interesting until four or so chapters in. Well, yeah, and I mean, if think you're about seven it, you're, or eight years yeah, old, yeah, you're, you know, this is ninety-seven. <laughs> we were eight years old. As soon as it got to the point when like they got to Diagon Alley and everything, I was like, he gets Hedwig, and uh, I'm into this. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite memory of the first one is probably when he's surprised with the uh, the Nimbus Two Thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I love that moment because you know his parents were killed, and sure they left him this mass fortune, which we never. One thing that I learned in Europe about subtly following this Harry Potter tour in Scotland is nobody questions where the heck Lily and James got this money. Yeah, maybe... uh, (laughs) I mean, because they weren't wealthy. Maybe they just invested in, like, the wizarding version of Enron or something. (laughs) Maybe they did. Before its downfall. But, you know, like, he gets into into Quidditch, and he's he's got all these hand-me-down athletic wear from the team and a, a terrible broom, and... He's gifted the Nimbus 2000, mm-hmm. and it was McGonagall that got it for him. Yeah. And it was just, it was probably, you know, one of the better things that had happened to him. Yeah. It's like, finally, something you good know, is he happening He gets a gift, him. and it's yeah. cool, and it's new. It's like, you know, you didn't play baseball. No. But when I was in Little League, everybody wanted a gold Omaha bat, and I got one. My dad got me one, and I felt like I was going to hit home runs every time now. But it kind of, you know, it feels like that. So um, that was my probably my favorite memory. So I have a funny story that you probably haven't heard, which is unusual because you've heard most of my stories. But when the first movie came out, I was still, I was basically homeschooled. It was a private school, but this lady ran the school out of her house, and there were only like 10 of us there. But she was great because she would take us on field trips all the time. I'm sorry. Sorry. I pictured you saying it was rent out of his house. Some weird bald guy in a wheelchair taught the, taught the school. Well, <laughs> like, um, if I told you that, uh, I'd have, have to, to kill me. Yeah. 
but she would take us on field trips to movies if they were based on books yeah. and plays and everything. Like That's how I got into theater. It was really because of her. But she took us to the premiere on November 16th, 2001 to Harry Potter. And I was the biggest Harry Potter fan out of all the kids there. And when we got to the movie theater, the local news was there, you know, to see what all the fuss was about. And they interviewed me on the news about Harry Potter. And I was nervous. I had, I remember I had a necklace that had Hedwig on it. Okay. And that was the only part they used because I was so nervous on the camera. I was like stuttering and stammering. I like turtles. (laughs) (laughs) That's essentially what it was like. And they were like, well, we'll just show his necklace and (laughs) that'll be it. But I knew it was me. I saw it and I was like, that's me. That's me. (laughs) So it's probably best they didn't show the rest of it. But yeah. I'd like to see a clip of that. So then you know you got the Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. Book was in '98, movie was in 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, but best character of that book is Gilderoy Lockhart, dude, for sure, <laughs> hands down. I'll never forget. Like at the same school that I was talking about, she let us read those books. Like after lunch every day, we would all gather around in the living room. We'd get all comfy and everything, and sometimes we'd have the fireplace going. And we would read the books out loud, and we would all read different parts. And I got to read Lockhart. Like a play. Exactly. We had so much fun. So this is why small classes are so much better. We need smaller classes. I don't want to get into that. But if if you have small classes, you can do things like that. You can take time to focus on the quality. (sighs) Anyway, I'm sorry. So I got to read as Gilderoy Lockhart (laughs) and Ron. And I'll never forget at the end, they have the sword of Gryffindor, you know, and somebody says uh, something about a sword to Lockhart, and he says, sword? Haven't got a sword. That boy does, though. He'll give you one. He'll give you one. And for some reason... Because his memory's been yeah. obliv- oblivious. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest thing. <laughs> it's, it's the fun... We still quote that line to this day. Yeah. Like, sword? Haven't got a sword. Um, do you live here? I mean, and <laughs> the guy... Who, odd sort of place. <laughs> the guy who plays him in the movie... Is fantastic. That's uh, Kenneth Branagh. Brand, 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 I can't pronounce his last name. Well, he's like, a big deal, dude. He directs a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of Shakespeare. Ah, yeah. you can tell. Yeah, he's a very Shakespearean mm-hmm. actor. Yeah, um, he actually directed the first Thor movie. Really? Yeah. So he knows what he's doing. Well, I think you can tell that. Like the way the first Thor movie's kind of set up and and driven. It's been years basically. since I've watched it, so well, I, I just can rewatched tell you, but... it. Yeah, um, taking Madison to the MCU. Oh, good. So we just watched Thor one. Um, that was him. Yeah, cool, cool. So uh, we move on to the Prisoner of Azkaban. Book was nineteen ninety nine. Good year. Uh, everyone was Great in fear year. of the Y two K. Oh, I remember. Um, and the movie came out in two thousand four. Now listen. Here, <laughs> the Prisoner of Azkaban. I wouldn't say it was my favorite book out of the series, but it was a good book. Um, it wasn't my least favorite. I think it might have been my favorite, but the movie did not deliver on no. the book's promise. No, I mean there was so much left out. Like uh, last, intricate stuff. Last Christmas, I went back and rewatched all the Harry Potter movies because it had been years since I had seen them, 
And it's really not so bad. Like, it's it's weird because a lot of times when you watch movies that you watched when you were younger, they don't hold up. And, yeah. you know, you remember them being a lot better than what they are. Oh, this one I enjoyed more now than now. I did then. Well, so think, maybe try it again. I think if you, as, like, going through the, being a Potterhead, basically, you are constantly analyzing the Harry Potter books or movies in a different light and at different times in your life. So, I mean, I just, you know, watched Thurum last year, last year with Madison as well. And I mean, and, and I would agree that I didn't hate The Prisoner of Azkaban as much as I originally did. But it's still probably well, they, my least favorite movie. They change things, and like, they're always wearing their muggle clothes, and... Yeah. I don't know, it was different. It's almost like they tried to pave the way for the older... World, yeah, too it, soon. It was I thought. it was a different director, definitely. He, you know, I mean, he can tell. Christopher Columbus did the first two, yeah, and, and then Alfonso Cuarón did this one, and it was the only one he did. Yeah, and then I think for a reason, David Yates did all the rest of them. Well, there's a reason that they didn't ask him back. Yeah, so it was it was inconsistent with the other movies. Maybe that was that's the, the problem. biggest problem. Maybe that's the problem. It's and just, they just bad inconsistent. Haircuts. Oh my gosh. And really? and like, and their wardrobe, like looking back now, like when they go back in time, and she's like talking about her hair and all that, and like I started noticing, I was like, "You're on Hogwarts grounds. Why aren't you wearing wizarding clothes yeah. like you did in the first? Because the books make a point to talk about how strange they think the Muggles dress and all yeah. this, and like I get the fact that Harry and Hermione come from the Muggle world, but they're not in the Muggle world now. No, so. they're not. So they should be wearing what everyone else is wearing. Yeah. You don't see Malfoy and Crabbe and Goyle wear muggle clothing. They're always in their robes. Well, you do later. Or well, later. Because remember in, when like, Draco dark wore suits? Wore, yeah, yeah. But, it didn't make it or break it really, but it no, was. It's like we not said, the worst thing I've and seen. Inconsistent. Just in yeah. Least favorite of the movies for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. So then we move on to the Goblet of Fire. Two thousand, the book came out, and two thousand five, Goblet of Fire film came out. This one. I really enjoyed. I loved the the tournament aspect, getting to meet other characters of the wizarding world. You know, you you learn in this one that there are other schools. Mm-hmm. You know, Bow Battens and Durmstrang, mm-hmm. and they are night and day from each other, but mm-hmm. also totally different than Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what one thing they left out of the movie, unless you watch the extended version of this um they left out that each school has a theme song <laughs> oh yeah um because hogwarts is like hoggy hoggy hogwarts teach hoggy, you know. something please yeah. yeah um but in the book you know they're making fun of hogwarts song the Durmstrang boys are because mm-hmm. it's just so silly it's so silly and so funny and but i loved the characterization I, I truly feel in this one, the movie did right by the book. There yeah. were some creatures left out. Yeah, they left out Winky, the house yeah. elf. Yeah. But, and this is the same thing I'm going to say about Peeves, because you mentioned Peeves. Yeah. Like, yeah, Peeves was cool, and I would have liked to have seen Peeves. And I know for a fact that they did film they sh- some Peeves stuff for the well, first movie, they but they cut it. He's, he's at the beginning, the when the ghosts start showing up. Oh, okay. One pops up to the table and he's like, ooh, 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 ooh. "No, that's the fat fryer, buddy." Oh, that 
That's the, the Hufflepuff Friar. ghost. Yeah. Peeves is not. They cut all the Peeves stuff. So what I was going to say, the same thing about Winky and um, Peeves. They do not further the plot of the story by any means. Well, so there were some times when they were sneaking around where Peeves would run run things for them. But there were other ways to get around that with a ca- with characters who were already established. Why do that when you really don't need him? You know, if you took all the details from all of the books, these movies would be six hours long. And don't get me wrong, there are some people, probably me included, who would have loved a six-hour-long Harry Potter movie. Well, yeah. That's just not going to fly. So... We could have had a little longer. Lord of the Rings is three hours long. They could have added five minutes. That's true too, but they cut stuff out of Lord of the Rings that wasn't essential to further the plot either. Five minutes for peeves. That's why we didn't have Tom Bombadil. Again, pissed off about that. Why do you? Why do you have to have him for five minutes? Well, I mean, Tom Bombadil, I wouldn't want for five minutes. I'd want the whole scenes Mm -hmm. of the Barrow Whites and Tom Bombadil. But he literally has nothing to do with it later on. I want. I at least wanted the scene in the second book where they're the first time they're meeting Moaning Myrtle and they're sneaking to the the bathroom mm-hmm. and Peeves is like shouting at him like oh students are what you know playing tricks on him goofing mm-hmm. off you know that scene would have been funny to see so what I've always thought like when I was a kid they had Harry Potter uh, coloring books and stuff, so it was like a cartoon version of all the characters. And as I read the books, I remember like I would visualize it almost like an animated thing. I wish they would do like a Netflix series or anybody, like an animated show of Harry Potter and include more stuff from the books. And like you could do like a whole episode or a couple episodes on each chapter and do a whole season of each year, each book. Oh my gosh. I would love that. It would be you know, I'd be shocked. The movies just came out recently and I know that it's really not time to redo anything like that, but in this different style I think it would work. And I think people it would, would love I it. definitely think it'd work on a streaming service. Each mm-hmm. se- each year gets a season. Yeah. You're in detail. Sure, you might have to bring in new voices. But yeah, I think that'd be okay. That and the other could, movies would still hold up too. Yeah, because it's, it's a, a different, different version, version, different way of dealing. With I would handle that much more than I would a reboot of the movies in the next ten years. So we move on to the Order of the Phoenix. I think this is one of my favorites too. It's I think it's probably my favorite of the movies. Um, two thousand three, the book came out, and in two thousand seven, the movie came out. This was. This was when, what, what are you looking <laughs> I was on the news again because of this. The movie? Uh, no, the book. I went to the midnight release in the bookstore Yeah. Uh, for this. They didn't interview me, but like they were interviewing somebody. And I'm walking around the store waiting on 12.01 before you can buy your copy of the book. And the place was full of people. And I remember like walking in front of the camera and looking at it, and I like was waving my arms so I could see myself <laughs> later on, and I did see it. <laughs> so, it's like, uh, yes. But yeah, that midnight release is a lot of fun, and they made some sort of butter beer, and they had games yeah, and I, stuff. It when they great. were doing that, it, you know, it really, I think for, you know, I know you're from Union County originally, but here in Morristown, it really kind of revitalized the mall for a specific crew. Oh, yeah? So... 
instead of like the teenagers hanging out, like we got our midnight release of the Harry Potter books, and the nerds came out to play. Yeah, you know we were they were dressing. I never dressed up. They were dressing up, and there were lines and droves and people that you might not have see an everyday walk throughout Morristown. You're talking about your favorite characters. What's going to happen? Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, your predictions. And it's like, wow. Even by the fifth book, you're creating a world and bringing people together in an aspect that we never thought you would. I miss I miss that. And, you know, we talked about one time the whole, like, when you have shows that they release the entire season at once on a streaming mm-hmm. service, yeah. you don't get that anticipation Oh, what's going to happen? What's going to no, happen? No, yeah, you don't. And because... I miss that so much. The mystery of like what's going to happen. How does everything work out? How's he going to, you know, get past the fact that Voldemort is back? And, yeah, he's like, back. You know, crazy. Yeah, I miss exactly. it. And you know, and what's so sad is that there's nothing like that anymore. There's not midnight releases for books, as far as I know, that people are all excited about. No, there are no. The well, there's no franchises book wise that people really even care about i mean even the twilight books couldn't even touch the franchise the the hunger games books couldn't even fathom of being and you know it's you can't deny those are big deals but they they don't nothing will ever can't even hold a candle well i mean and i think it was generational too because like i don't think that anybody was camping out at midnight for lord of the rings books because when were they written you know i mean i think it was just it hit in this perfect era of mm. of nerds, yeah, you know, and we are the type we were the type of nerds to camp out at midnight to get a book of this wizarding world. Have you seen the uh, the illustrated copies that they're coming out with? They've done the first three so far, but it's uh, it's a big hardback book, and it's the entire book, but it's illustrated all throughout. So randomly, you'll see. Random illustrated or every every little page is illustrated. So I happen to have a copy right here of the Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. So you can see it's not every single page that's illustrated, but there's still a whole lot. Like well, we it's just, much bigger print. Yeah, yeah and like some of the pages will have all the words at the well, top like and at the bottom. Yeah. Here's a scene of uh, Crookshanks of and Crookshanks Scabbers. chasing Scabbers. She's got him by the foot there. Oh, which we later find out is Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. Oh, this is cool. And that's uh, like they're walking around shack. Hogsmeade to the Shrieking Shack. So oh. really cool stuff. So I'm excited for the rest of them to come out because you know here in a couple years or so when Emma's a little bit bigger, we can read these to Absolutely. her. Absolutely. This is this actually is my favorite scene of the third movie. And third book, the night bus. The night bus. That's, that's on the cover. Scene. Take it away, in. Yeah. So, uh, so we, Order of the Phoenix brought us probably our first really sad death. You know, Goblet Cedric died, but sorry, I didn't. I didn't really care about. Didn't that. really care. I didn't really care about Cedric. So um, said. But in Order of the Phoenix, we lose the only chance at another fan at family the connection to his family right you know like he had a connection like he finds out Sirius Black is his godfather and he is who he would go to in the event of his parents death oh wow my godfather a family a connection to the past dies yeah that is that one hit hard it did I remember staying up all night to finish reading the book 
And the next morning, I was like, what just happened? But I was so hopeful that everything would work out because he fell behind the he veil. He kind of fell through the veil and everything. And that veil, I read up on that veil one time. I think it was after I watched the, the movie recently. Like, that veil is like the gateway to the world Afterlife. of the. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no coming back from it. So, so even if he survived the yeah. hit. Yeah. Which technically he the, shouldn't have because it's the Avada, Well, in, in the, the book, book it's it not was Avada Kedavra. a stunning spell. Yeah. Which gives you a little bit of hope. Yeah. J.K. Rowling. And then the movie, I think it was The Killing yeah, Curse the that killing she got curse. him with. So, and it affected him a lot differently than other people who were hit by it. Yeah, like, because I think that really showed his power. It's normally like instant kill, and he kind of hesitated for a second. Even looked at Harry. Reacted, and yeah. then fell into the veil. But, and, and he actually had a smile. Do you remember looking at Harry? Do you remember the little the glass that Harry had? It was supposed to be like they had the mirrors that they could talk to each other with. Yes, and he had that little piece of it still. The movies never explained where he got it. Well, Sirius gives it to him in the books, correct? I think so. But in the movies, he just winds up with it in the yeah. Disney and we learn like it's Albus's brother Albus who's Wolf. looking who's yeah. looking at him uh, on the other side of it. But I was so hoping that it was going to be serious, but. Oh, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. So then we move on to the Half-Blood Prince. Uh, and a, that was in 2005. Order of the Phoenix, sorry. Order of the Phoenix was 2003 for the book and uh, 2007 for the movie. Well, two years later we get Half-Blood Prince, 2005, and the movie was 2009. Another huge death in this one. Yeah, oh man. This death was spoiled for me. Really? My best friend in the 8th grade, TK, that was his name, TK, Ugh. he's called me, he said, I just finished reading the book, and he was not a big reader, so I didn't think it would ever happen, but he <laughs> beat me to reading it, and he goes, yeah, Dumbledore died. I was like, what? Why would you tell me? So, I didn't get the same feeling that a lot of other people did when they read it, because I knew it was coming. Oh, Man, that me. sucked, because... Dumbledore was the character that I felt like, as long as he's around, everything's cool, everybody's going to be okay. Like Gandalf. Because he can handle it, just like Gandalf. And he's torn away from us. Oh, that was And I love Dumbledore. Because then you knew it was wide open. Yeah. That was our climactic, like, oh, the bad guys have won. Did you... Did that pretty much confirm for you that Snape was a bad guy when that happened? No. Okay, me neither. It didn't... Co- me neither. It didn't... Because Dumbledore trusted him, and Dumbledore can't be fooled. No. No, no, no. So, I didn't... I knew there would be some way around it. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say I knew, I but I had I never thought that... I never... Like, I would have arguments with pe- with friends that he was still not a bad guy. Yeah. Not the villain. That he's... It was just too obvious that he was just yeah, so yeah. awful, you know, right from the beginning. Well, yeah. And if it's a question this far into it, there's well, got to be more to it. At this point, we've already seen or read in the books and seen in the movies the scenes where Snape's supposed to be teaching Harry how to keep Voldemort out of his head. Uh, Occlumency? Yeah, Occlumency. We've already seen the flashback of Snape and Lily. Yeah. We've already read about all this or seen it. Harry's and dad so just was a jerk. Yeah, and we're just kind of like, okay, so Dumbledore and him had a conversation before, 
So even when he killed him, I was like, oh, part of the plan. He has yeah. to. If the Malfoy boy can't do it, you have to be the one to. That was at the, that was, oh man, that was later on, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. That happened in that same time, but that same time, we but didn't, didn't see us, that yeah. until the seventh one. So. so, the death of Dumbledore, and shortly after that, we learned that the Half-Blood Prince is Snape. Severus Snape. Yeah. Um, then we move on to the Deathly Hallows. Um, every time I say it, I have to say it like uh, Lovegood does, the Deathly Hallows. Zeno, oh, Xenophilius. Uh, the book came out in one part in 2007. I remember we, Nolan, waited, went to the midnight release, and we were leaving the next day for vacation. And each of us would switch it back and forth oh, after nice. a chapter on the ride to the beach. Like chapter one to Nolan, then the mom would read chapter one, then I'd read chapter one. Oh, Lord, that would have killed me. And I caught myself after every death that would pop up, I'd be like, I need a break. And like, I just can't anymore. Man, I can't. I remember, like, I was, I guess we were like about freshmen in college or something. It came out in the summer. Yeah. So, so we, we were out of high school. We were about to start college. I was working at the mall at the guest services desk. So I really just got to sit on my butt all day and do whatever I wanted. And read. And I would read. And I was reading this. And it got to the part where, do you remember when they uh, they crash landed Back at the burrow, Hagrid you had thought him. Hagrid was and you, dead. They kind of make you think that Hagrid's dead, or she made you think, yeah, because he's laying face down in the mud. And I remember closing the book because this was after the Hedwig thing had already happened. And yeah, that we had already watched, <sighs> read the death of Hedwig. That was tough. So I'm like, you know what? If Hagrid is dead, I don't think I could go on because Hagrid is like one of my top five characters. Absolutely love Hagrid. Absolutely. So I'm like, I'm going to start this next chapter, and if Hagrid's dead. I may be, I may be done. <laughs> just ring the bell because I don't think I can I go on. I may stop at six I, and just go. Well, bad ending. <laughs> I can't recover from that, but you know, luckily he was okay. Yeah, um, but you know the the movie they did in two parts. Yeah, thank the Lord. Oh man, I'm gonna say this. Okay, I am. I'm a pretty sensitive guy, you know, and I don't care to show my emotions and stuff like that. Guy. But I don't typically cry. When I watch sad things and movies and stuff, no. every now and then I'll maybe get a little choked up or whatever. Like we talked about, uh, who was it earlier? Oh, Ray. Yeah. Now that one was a tough one. Yeah. Dude, when Dobby, oh, I end up sobbed. I was I saw it with my ex girlfriend who ended I ended with that. The fact that they ended with that. I remember, like, I saw it with my ex-girlfriend who, ironically, I now refer to as you-know-who you know she who must not be named. But I was crying, like, full-on <laughs> over yeah. Dobby. And, like, I remember her reaching over and, like, wiping a tear off my face because it was so sad. And, and, he was, and even and though he was dying, he was happy that he was with his friends. With his friend. Oh, in that. such a beautiful place, he said. And what really adds to it is after she throws the dagger through the portal, the, uh, um, what's that called when they can teleport? Apparate. Apparating. You see this smirk on Bellatrix. Like, she's like, she I knew. hit somebody. Yeah. I had to hit somebody with that yeah. knife. So somebody's dying. But on the beach, like, just... Happy to be with friends. Like, oh my gosh. 
I'm glad they did it in two parts, though, because I, I think I would have had to, like, if it had been one big, long, like, four-hour movie, I'd have been like, can we take a time out? Because yeah. emotionally, I can't take yeah. this. The same way I handled the the book in 2007 was, I need breaks after these well, deaths. Luckily, they sort of rushed through the deaths, like, at the end of the book uh, yeah. for the movie yeah. because it was in the battle. It was chaos. I mean, you couldn't yeah. stop to like have a sentimental moment over the deaths, even of really big characters. Some of them we didn't even see their deaths happen. We just Tonks saw, and Lupin. We did we not just see saw Harry that. walk in and look at all the bodies. You know, We didn't see Fred die. No. Um, which, which, like I said, good. Yeah. I, I'm, I could handle but like if they had showed every death moment, I think I'd have lost it. Yeah. Um, but the Deathly Hollows were fantastic because you learn that this entire time, you know, Harry had a hollow. And he was a Horcrux. And he was a Horcrux. So he was a Horcrux who had a Deathly Hollow, yeah. the invisibility cloak that his father left him. It was real. She was really good about bringing everything full circle and, like, the fact that, you know, Ron got the. The little the deluminator yeah that that uh, Dumbledore left him, him find, and that was from back. one of the first moments in the books yes really cool yeah she's really great at that and yeah. um, I did have one question death himself the brother who got the invisibility cloak death himself and the story of the Deathly Hallows if you're wondering could not see the brother under the invisibility cloak so how could both Dumbledore and Mad-Eye Moody see Harry under the invisibility cloak if Death himself could not see the brother. Is that just showing their power that Dumbledore and Moody are two know. wizards Moody, that Moody's, are... Uh, Moody's eye is pretty... Yeah, moving around all the time. I really don't know, man. I don't know. I've never like, even thought just, about that. It, like, I was thinking about it like when I was typing up notes today, you know, talking about the Deathly Hallows, I was like, oh, it just hit me. The cloak is a hallow, and Death himself could not see the brother. So how could Dumbledore and Mad-Eye Moody? It just—it was kind of like a, I wish they'd have answered that. Like, I guess it's maybe because it was a new form of uh, magic at the time, and Death yeah. didn't know about yeah, it. Maybe, maybe. You know. Um. I so i know we're not diving deep into either of these books or these movies you know we're talking about the whole potter verse um so years after we get the deathly hallows things are starting to calm down you know we're still reeling from some of the deaths some of the ending you know this this universe that we have grown to love is over and it's ended and you get that that sweet little you know epilogue at the end where their kids are going yeah and you're and then, but it also gave you that kind of, huh? I wonder what that would be like. And then, when did the cursed child come out? Like, not long ago. I not mean, not that long ago. Three or four years ago. Three or four maybe. years ago. Yeah. She releases an eighth book. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. But it's not really like a novel. It's, it's a, a play. play. And, and it's written that way. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Dude, I read that thing in one day. Well, I read it in a week. I, I, I don't... Well, I was sick, yeah. so I was in bed. And had I read it in a week, and I would catch myself, when reading it, I would catch myself alone at the house reading it and the different voices out loud. 
as if there's an audience sitting in the house with me. Uh, you're really weird. I am, man. I'm, I'm a theater nerd. So, <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, I liked the spin of Harry's son is kind of a, a jerk, and Draco's son is the sweetest thing on the face of the planet. Yeah. Just that reverse. Like, yeah. oh, Harry's son's in Slytherin, and a bit of a baby and so I mean what was your favorite part of this it's really hard to say because I don't remember it very well but I think probably the the moment when you find out that uh, the one character was the daughter of uh, Voldemort and Bellatrix do you remember that yes uh, the whole time you think that she is Diggory's keeper like housekeeper or something like that and I love to try to fix the mistake that they've made that they keep playing with time. Yeah. And they'll go back to different times with different outcomes. Like in one point, there's an entire chapter of the book where Severus is still alive and headmaster before everything happened. And I was like, oh man, I really want a movie of this, but we couldn't have that because Alan Rickman's dead. I mean, so, which we haven't discussed that, the stars we have lost, Mm -hmm. you know, from Richard Harris to Alan Rickman. I mean, you know, throughout the years, we've lost the live action stars that created the characters we fell in love with. Yeah. So. Well, I would love to see the play. um, It's like. Don't they do the play in two parts? It is. It's in two parts. I actually. In New York the other day, on my way to Waitress, I walked past the theater. Yeah. And. It was a chaos. It was, was a mayhem. It was mayhem. <laughs> the line. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> is this Professor McGonagall? Is that you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I won't be late to class again. <laughs> Transfiguration. Oh, I boy. hate that cat. Me too. Um, but, yeah, the line was ridiculous. I bet. And. Yeah, it's done in two parts, and I think as long as it's there, you know, we need to make that a a trip. Put it on the list. Put it on the list. So, um, not too long after the explosion of the Potterverse, Universal mm-hmm. bit in yeah. to it, into that apple, and have have made some money off of the Harry Potter name. And it's well deserved. I have not been. I have. I have not been since they've... I mean, I haven't been since I was in 6th or 7th grade, Mm -hmm. so I have no... You know, I'll see commercials or or pictures, your all's pictures, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. and of Hogwarts and the Wizarding World at Universal Studios. I've been, like, three times to that park. Um, And, like... Universal is okay, but if you've been at Disney and then you go to Universal, it's sort of a letdown. Like, it's just not as good. But the Harry Potter section of the park is really worth your ticket price. Because as soon as you walk into that area, it's like walking in... Excuse me, it's like walking into one of the movies. They've got the Hogwarts Express there. They've, you can see Hogwarts off in the distance, and it looks exactly like the movie. It's all really well done. The people who work there are in character. They wear the robes. They do the accents. A lot of them do. And I remember like walking up to one of the employees. And this is, again, after 
I'd been at Disney like three days before this, so I was used to everybody being like super, like, hey, Gaston's out hunting and, you know, like playing it up like it's real life. You know what I mean? And I walked up to a person who was like, so in muggle terms, can you explain what this is to me? And they were like, okay, he gets it. So they, yeah. they told me, but... Um, it's really well done. They've got a motion ride that you go to in the castle. It's like they have uh, robotic spiders jumping out at you. You're on a bench. It's an enchanted bench. And you fly through the castle and the forest and the grounds and everything. A lot of fun. They have the actors from the movies uh, in the in the ride. Really? And part of the castle you walk through, like the, the portraits move and talk. And they've got the sorting hat in there. And he talks to you is the fat lady there um i think so yeah um and the mandrakes you walk through like one oh, of the greenhouses nice. and you Squealing? keep hearing that meh, meh, meh. yeah like they're buried but you can hear them in there i'm ex- i want to go so bad. it's worth checking out yeah everybody should see it and now they've opened up a second part to it like because universal has two parks it's the yeah, islands, islands of adventure, of adventure and, universal. and universal and the islands of adventure is where hogwarts and everything is and uh, they've opened up Diagon Alley in the other park. And I haven't been to that part yet. Mm-hmm. So, one day. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, and now, in this generation, uh, we are all about our cell phones mm-hmm. and our mobile devices. Um, a couple years ago, Pokemon Go came out. And following suit, the Wizarding World has a mobile app game. And we've both played it. Mm-hmm. I believe Becky plays it. Oh yeah, way more than we do. Yeah, uh, she seemed to have taken a knack to it quicker and more than us. Yeah. So if my I wife gets into something, think that there's just way too much. If my wife gets into something, like she gets a little bit obsessive with it, and she's been that way about this game. It's like I'm gonna go for a ride and go play Harry Potter. It's like <laughs> okay, so she's really into it, and she's done all the missions and leveled up big time and stuff and i'll play it every now and then but yeah like you were trying to say just now it's really complex especially when you compare it it to pokemon it's It's simple meant to be simple it's meant to be the same type of deal but there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the harry potter one and so i'm not crazy about it and like you said in a in a, a previous podcast um it might have been Stranger Things 2 or something, you said you had started playing it, <laughs> and there was a problem. You created your wand. Yeah. You chose what your wand looked like, what it works. was made of, and uh, Harry Potter fans out there, I would think, would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're giving the muggles way too much power. You know, exactly. You know, make us answer some questions or something to determine what our, you know, kind of like they do in Pottermore, you know. So, speaking of Pottermore, you know, we thought we would, we thought we would take the time to do this fun little live uh, Pottermore sorting hat. Um, now, what Pottermore is? It's the official entertainment news channel for the Wizarding World. It offers the latest magical news and uh, stuff like features and sorting hat and Patronus experiences and archive stuff from J.K. Rowling herself. So we have both signed in to Pottermore and have created our passports, if you will. I did this years ago, but I don't remember any of it, so this is going to be all new to me. And we're going to do it live. Now, 
years ago when you took it, what were you? I was a Gryffindor. Years ago when I took it, I became a, I was a Slytherin. Oh, I think that's fitting. Yeah. You All would. right, so there's a button here that says Discover Your House. Yes. Is that where you are? Yeah. All right, so we're going to click on that. I put my computer on mute, by the way. All right, dawn or dusk? Whoa. See, mine says forest or river. Really? Okay. Um, I'm going to say dusk. What does yours say? River or Forest what? or river. What are you going to pick? Forest. All right, I'm going to pick dusk. Which of the following would you most like to study? Merpeople, centaurs, werewolves, vampires, goblins, trolls, or ghosts? Do you have that question no. too? What the heck? Well, I mean, I would say they don't want it to be uniform. I guess you're right. I'm going to pick ghosts. Okay. What's yours? After you have died, what would you most like people to do when they hear your name? Ask for more stories about your adventures. Miss you, but smile. Uh, or spit thank, when they hear your name thank because you're with such a hero. admiration of achievements. Uh, I don't care what people think of me after I'm dead. It's what they think of me while I'm alive that counts. Mm, who cares what they think of me while I'm alive? So miss you but smile. I think that would be the best choice. Too. Yeah, I'm gonna go with miss you but smile. Okay, my next question says, what kind of instrument most pleases your ear? The piano, the drum, the violin, the trumpet. I'm going to pick the piano. Okay, and my question is, four boxes are placed before you. Which would you try and open? The gleaming jet black box with a silver lock and key marked with a mysterious ruin that you know to be the mark of Merlin. The ornate golden casket standing on the clawed feet whose inscription warns that both secret knowledge and unbearable temptation lie within. The small tortoiseshell box embellished with gold inside which some small creature seems to be squeaking. The small pewter box unassuming and plain with a scratch message upon it that reads I open only for the worthy I think the Merlin box me too definitely mine now says which of the following do you find most difficult to deal with I've got that one yes Yes, we're on the same page loneliness boredom hunger being ignored cold I'm going with cold I would I have like to, to be go cold. with being ignored. I'll remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your next one say? A muggle confronts you and says that they are sure you are a witch or wizard. Do you ask what makes them think so? Tell them that you are worried about their mental health and offer to call a doctor. Agree and ask whether they'd like a free sample of Jinx. Agree and walk away, leaving them to wonder whether you are bluffing. I would do that. <laughs> I, got, I would be like, yep, you're right, and just walk away. Mine says, which of the following would you most hate people to call you? Ignorant, selfish, 
Ordinary, cowardly. Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with ignorant. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to be called ignorant. Yeah. If you could have any power, which would you choose? The power to read minds? Oof. No. Power to change the past? No, because it no. makes you who you are. Power of invisibility? The power to speak to animals. The power of superhuman strength. The power to change your appearance at will. Ooh. I like that one a lot. Flight isn't an option, I guess, because you can just get a broom, right? Mm-hmm. So. I'd say invisibility. Hmm. I think I would do either the animals or the... What was the last one? Uh, the pet the change your appearance in oh any. yeah or that one okay if you were attending Hogwarts which pet would you choose to take with you oh my goodness barn owl harlequin toad ginger cat tawny owl dragon toad white cat nat what natter natterjack toad I don't even know what that is common toad siamese cat snowy owl tabby cat black cat screech owl barn owl Three toed tree toad. Does it matter? Does it really matter? I don't even know what the difference between any of these things would be. Definitely not a cat because I don't like cats. Um, I'm going to say one of the owls. Um, I'm going to pick Tawny Owl. Why not? Okay. My next question is actually that question. What okay. animal would you choose? And I would actually I would actually choose a black cat and I would call it Banks. Ah, uh, smart. Hocus pocus. Okay, so I just got the one about a muggle confronting you. Yeah. What would you do? Oof. Um I think realistically I would probably say why do you think so? But I like that last option about walking away. <laughs> That's the best one. But <laughs> leaving them, wondering. I think in real life I'd be like, "What? No! Why do you think that?" Yeah. So yeah. My next question is heads or tails. Mine is black or white. I'm gonna pick tails. I'm gonna pick black. Oh, I think that's it. Oh, this is it. All right. So what did you get? I'm a Gryffindor now. Wow. Guess what I am? A Slytherin. No. A Gryffindor. No. Oh, God, are you a Hufflepuff? No, I'm a Ravenclaw. Okay. So, I'll take it, I guess. Wow. I am a Gryffindor now. So, I like Slytherin. I guess I've changed over the years. Hopefully. If you don't change and evolve, you die. That's true. Okay, so, moving on, I believe we're going to have a special guest here in a moment. And really? We're uh, going to play a little game. So, what hmm. do you say to that? Oh, I'm down. We'll see who knows the most about the Harry Potter books. So for the first time ever, we're joined by the queen herself. I want to call her queen of the nerds, but she's not really too much of a nerd. No. <laughs> but She's enough of she's one. She's enough of one, and she's married to me. So yeah. it's my wife, Becky. Welcome to the show, Becky. Hey, guys. So we're going to play a little game. How's this going to work? Well, um, a couple of years ago, I came across this website called Sporkle, 
and it's this quiz site. Um, and I mean, it's just any quiz you can think of, but I found Harry Potter minefield that I was immediately obsessed with. And, um, the, the game is you have to name the top 50 most named Harry Potter characters without getting one wrong. Because if you get one wrong, it starts you over. It starts the whole game over again. So not only do you have to think of the top 50 most named Harry Potter characters, you have to remember 50 of them. If you get one wrong, it starts over. So. And you're timed. You're timed. Yeah. Um, One thing I would do is name one in one round and then forget to put that one on my list the next round. And it's just crazy. So anyway, we've got a modified version for you guys. So we're going to do, we're going to do 20. 50. Okay. So 20. Yeah. So, it is the top 1 through 20, the top 20 most named Harry Potter characters. Okay. Okay, so what we're going to do, okay, you guys are going to take turns naming off a character. If it's on the list, you get a point. Not on the list, you just don't get a point for that round. Once all 20 are named, we'll count up who wins, and it better be Josh, or he's sleeping on the couch. (laughs) You heard it here, folks. Uh, so that's probably true. And just to be clear, like even though she's married to me here, I I do not have an unfair advantage. I have not seen the list, and earlier she started talking about it, and I was like, because I knew we were gonna play. So I don't know any of the answers. So if I win, it's just because I'm not good. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? And if I win, it's because you're that bad. I guess that's what that means. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Okay, so you want to start with you? Sure. You ready? Becky? Yes. All right, I'm going to say Hagrid. Yes. Harry Potter. Yes. Uh, Hermione Granger. Yes. Hermione Granger. That is incorrect. So so we... You can't say the same ones. Okay, so... Give me somebody different. Ron Weasley. Yes. Okay. Uh, Professor Snape. Yes. Professor Dumbledore. Yes. Um, Professor McGonagall. Yes. Draco Malfoy. Yes. Uh, uh, Neville Longbottom. Yes. Tom Riddle. Yes. Um... Does that count as Voldemort? Yes. Okay, so I can't say Voldemort. No. Um, Sirius Black. Yes. Alistair Moody. Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is a lot harder than you would think. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. How about... How about... Um, I don't know. Uh... How about Molly Weasley? Yes. Professor Lupin. Yes. Oh. Um. Bellatrix? No. Oh. I'm pretty sure she's like 40. Oh, man. So you're a little off. Yeah. George Weasley. Yes. Oh. Fred Weasley. Yes. Uh, Lucius Malfoy. No. Nice. Yes. Um, did we say Neville already? Mm-hmm. Yes. You did. I did. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other kids. Ooh, what about uh, 
Uh, Dean Thomas. No. Man. Uh, Jenny Weasley. Yes. I think I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. Yeah, I think you are. <laughs> um, oh man. Could it be, did we say Jenny? I just did. You did? It's literally my last one I named. <laughs> I don't listen to you. Uh, <laughs> Arthur Weasley. Yes. Um, uh, uh, Filch. No. Hmm. So now we we have three left, if okay. I have heard correctly. Number nine, number eighteen, and number twenty. It's my turn. Yeah. Um. Nearly headless Nick. That's no. I take it back. I take it back. I didn't finish. Um. James Potter. You know, he's number forty-eight. Yeah. If you believe it. Foiled That's again. Weird. Foiled. Um and Lily, she didn't even make the list. That's blasphemous. It is. Um Did you say the other two uh the Professor dark, Snape? You said. Yeah, I already said that. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pettigrew. Um, nope. Mm, mm, um, um, Cornelius Fudge. Nope. Oh. He's pretty close, though. Wow. I didn't think about Fudge. Um, goodness gracious. Is Cho? Nope. She's at the bottom. Uncle Vernon? Yes, number 20. Petunia. Nope. Oh. She is 29. How is he 20 and she's the way? I don't know. Uh, Dudley. 24. Mm. Um. So we only have one left, right? Mm-mm. Two? Two. Okay. If, unless I missed it, I think you said a character close to this Well, one. I think I've miscounted then because I have nine for Tyler and ten for me. So maybe you guys did say this one. Can I just ask? Did you say Draco? Yes, he said that. Okay. Okay. All right, then we're down to one. And one this more. This is that one that I told and you. And you about. have to get it to tie with me, otherwise, yeah. if I, I win. Um. This is. The I know there's some people out there listening to this who are like huge major Harry Potter people, and they're probably like, "Oh, I know That's it, I know it," and they're screaming no, it at us. No, because I'm a Potter person, and like you 30, 30 minutes ago, I had a hard time with this. I oh. Cause I, but I mean, in all fairness, I was trying to to do the one through twenty, not all fifty. So how about how we do? How about we do this then? We what? give you two chances. What? To get this last one, and if you don't get it, then we call it, and she tells us who the last one is. Um. So I can just say my two. Yeah. Crab and Goyle. No, but they are on the list. But the top fifty, not. I mean, okay. yeah, they're yeah. on the top fifty. All right, so that means I win. Who's congratulations me? Who's missing? Who, are you not going to get two extra chances? Well, I already win though. I know, but I want to know if miss? you know the list. Who, who we missing? I struggled to come up with the other ones. I'm going to be upset know. if um, it's who. Um, uh, can you give me a hint? A professor. 
Allied. It's not a professor. Oh. It was at one point. This person was at one point. Is it, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that guy. Umbridge. Umbridge. I wanted to mention her, but. 18. I wanted to mention her, but she she didn't come in till. And see, that's why I was thinking that it was. So who, she was 18, so who was 19 and 20? Uh, Moody was 19. Mm -hmm. And Vernon Dursley was. um, She's mentioned more than them. That's crazy. Once she's brought up, I bet she's like, boom, yeah, boom, but boom, I mean, boom, just boom, think umbridge, about it. Umbridge, umbridge. All the fifth book, and then Six. she's yeah, and she was she's in the seventh one, seventh, mm-hmm. yeah. When so they the broke into her office. office, they had to break into her office. No, that was in the that was in seven. No, yeah, yeah. That was, they, they were they got the Horcrux out of her office. Yeah. Am yeah. I the only one who knows anything yeah. about Harry Shut Potter? Up. Here? Sorry, I mean, I, I won the game. The time that they broke into the. Her office at school. Yeah, there's twice that they've broken into her office. Her school office, when she's headmistress, and then her um, minister of magic office. Mm -hmm. At the ministry. So she's mentioned a lot. I don't know that she's present a lot. She's a terrible, terrible human being. Well, thanks for that, Beggy. Thanks for joining us. That was a fun game. Thanks for having me. And um, we'll call it it a a win for me. Sure. (laughs) Uh, We should have made a bet on this. A slap bet? Maybe no. the next game. So, if it's a slap bet, that means I get to slap you, right? If we had done it. Oh. Maybe the next time. Well, that was fun. It was. Um, you know, truth be told, I thought you'd win. Really? Yeah. Truth be told, so did I. Yeah, yeah, I bet you did. I wish I had a, a little uh, sound effect ready to play We Are the Champions ah. so I could celebrate my victory. <laughs> and, you know, we found out what houses we belong in. We did. Things have changed. Yeah. Um, I guess I've matured. Well, you've gone from apparently being a terrible person to a really good person. <laughs> I uh, guess. So, and I, I went thought from, it was the reverse. I like. went from being a really good person to a really... Uh, I don't know. Mediocre? Studious. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Are there really any great Ravenclaws? Cho, uh, Cho Chang was a Ravenclaw. Yeah. That's not helping me any because she broke Harry's heart, didn't she? A little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, 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 Luna. Okay. And Luna's, Luna's, Luna's Yeah, but Luna's, Luna's my least favorite character. Are you kidding? No. I love Luna. I thought she was annoying. I'm th- I love weird people. Though. You can go I ahead and send send people. me your hate mail for hating Luna. It's fine. I don't care. I love Luna. She annoyed me. Uh, oh, there's nargles in your your head's full of nargles. Booker movie. Both. Really? Yeah. Mm. That's a story for another time. So you went to Europe. I and did. You got to see some of the places yes. where they film stuff. Yes, Tell us a little I bit did. about it. Uh, so fun fact in Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, is where Diagon Alley is. It is the the street. It's not really an alley in real life. Basically, what they did is it's the shop fronts and it's the the stonework of the road, but they took that and digitally shrunk it into oh, an alley. Okay. So the Ollivanders, the knock, the Borgens and Burks, the Weasleys, Wizard Wheezes, you know, those storefronts are still there. And actually Ollivanders became a store called the Boy Wizard. Um, and in this store is 
a shadow box of uh, Voldemort's wand from the movie signed by uh, was it Ray? Was it Ray Fiennes? Ralph Fiennes. Ralph, Ralph yeah. Fiennes. Yeah, he didn't want to keep his uh, wand, so he left it to the store owners when they were done filming uh, at Diagon Alley because it was technically Ollivander's. Uh, were where, there any other landmarks there besides the store? Um, besides the store, there was you can tell the storefronts. Like, we looked into what was Borgen and Burks, and it's creepy in real life, too. Mm-hmm. Just the way the store's set up. Um, the buildings that, the two buildings combined that were used for Weasley's Wizard Wheezes are still standing there. They're actually an orange and purple building. Um, and looking down, if you keep walking, it's not right on top of Diagon Alley, um, which I should have took taken a picture of some of the real street's name. But. Uh, Nocturne Alley, mm-hmm. where Haggard finds him in the second movie. Yeah, um, it's just this little side street with some steps. You know that they, I guess, moved the camera in the right direction to make it look like a long, longer alley. Movie magic. Yes, exactly. Um, we got to see the school for a split second because it was closed to the public. That was the basis, the idea that Rowling got for Hogwarts. Oh. It's this big academy, um, and they're sort of, they're housed. You know, there's houses, uh, and mm-hmm. it's just this... doesn't look like Hogwarts. Yeah. Because um, I'm pretty sure Hogwarts is actually... That castle is actually in New Zealand or somewhere. Or South Africa or somewhere. Um, but in the middle of Edinburgh, there is a massive castle that kind of would make you think it's Hogwarts, but it's not. So, also, there's a cemetery not far from Diagon Alley uh, that... When she would get writer's block, uh, J.K. would just walk through the cemetery to get name ideas for characters in the book. Like, there's a McGonagall grave. There's a Moody. And at the very end of the cemetery is Tom Riddle's grave. That The name basis for the character Did of Tom you know Riddle. that John Lennon and Paul McCartney did basically that same thing? Like, they would go to the graveyard and hang out to write songs? and Like Eleanor Rigby? That's exactly where that came from. A cemetery? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Apparently the Europeans are like, where do you want to get our ideas? Hogwarts was uh, Oxford, London, by the way. Oxford, London. Gotcha. Um, But yeah, I mean, that was just a few of the locations um, that Harry Potter filmed in, and a lot of it was right there in Edinburgh, Scotland. And we had no idea when we planned the vacation to stop in Edinburgh, Scotland. We did not know until we got there that Diagon Alley was right around the corner. That the ba- the school that she got the idea of Hogwarts from, that the, the characters' names came off of headstones. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and speaking of some unknown facts, in honor of the... I know originally we said seven, but I count the cursed child. So eight Why not? unknown facts. Uh, unknown fact number one. Dumbledore... Is an old English word for bumblebee. That sort of makes sense for some reason. Well, remember in the fourth one, uh, the Bow Battens teacher calls him Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it rolls like bumblebee. Um, second one, Snape's Patronus did not turn into a doe until after Lily died. I didn't know that. What What did his Patronus look like before her? Then no clue. 
Hmm. What would your Patronus be? Um, probably a sloth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably I can because, see it. Because my mom and dad are always saying, like, God, you move like a sloth. Let's go, let's go. Yeah. And not like... I don't know. I would like to. I would like to say that my Patronus would be a white tiger. Why? Mysterious and ferocious at the same time. Oh, I uh, totally see it. <laughs> not, not so much really. <laughs> I don't know. I think mine would have to be some sort of really like excitable, like and like a monkey or a little puppy or something like. Um, just like that, because I'm like super ADHD. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes people tell me like, "Oh, you're like a like a squawk, you know, the little dog and a squirrel, you know." Sometimes hey, so maybe my me. real one would probably be like a panda bear. Well, because they're big and cute. Yeah. Well, I guess I think you're pretty cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, a Patronus is is. Listen, if you've made it this far into the podcast and you you don't know what a Patronus is, I don't know what you're doing. It's like the reflection of your soul. Yeah. Basically. Uh, Fact number three Rowling came close to killing Ron a few times halfway through the series because she was, in her words, in a bad place in life. Everything would have been so different. Oh my gosh. Um, Four. One of Rowling's biggest regrets in the book series is Ron and Hermione's relationship. The fact that it happened or the fact that it didn't happen sooner? The fact that that... I don't know. Just said... She said... Mm-hmm. When asked about her biggest regret, she just said Ron and Hermione's relationship. And is she... Did she say it like that just to... Have the person go, why? What about it? I wonder if she regrets not doing it sooner like having the back and forth i would have done it sooner i will tell you something that does kind of annoy me about jk rowling though it's like after the books are said and done like they're ours now you know yeah and she's like oh but really this was supposed to be this and like she changes things and adds things and all that stuff like changes the narrative of stuff like i'm just i'm just gonna talk about it okay i'm just gonna say it and it's gonna come across really bad. And please, well, like, it might change some people's perspective. I don't mean it the way it sounds. Okay, we found out all these years later that, like, okay, Dumbledore was gay. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But there After was the fact there was nothing in the book. There was nothing. And I've got I've had a debate with a couple people about this. Like, oh no, this is clearly a sign that he was gay. No. There was nothing that ever led me to believe. Now, maybe if I read it again... No, I would have a different... Because you would read it again knowing she said that. That could be true. So I would be looking for it. Yeah, but yeah. I'm t- I don't agree. I, don't I think disagree completely. I mean, she, first of all, she shouldn't have said that. Because, like you said, once you've created it and it's out there and it's ours for our creating, when we read it in our minds, you can't... It's like, just, it's like recently... The Russo brothers just explained something from Endgame. I'm like, no, you don't get to do that. And there's a difference if it's like, oh, it wasn't clear, I didn't understand. Like, if it was important, it should have been stated. It should have been there. And again, if you wanted a part of his identity, I wouldn't have hated it. I don't care at all. I would not have liked it less if it was his identity, but make it then. It's like, oh, this. And like, when, when she told. 
because I read somewhere like they were going to put something in one of the movies about maybe Dumbledore having like a long lost love interest or something like that. Well, and she slipped him a note. She's like, oh, well, Dumbledore's gay. It's like, what? Where? Like why? Grindelwald. That's, that's, yeah, yeah that's the, the argument. Yeah, that's the argument. I get it, but I don't know. After it's said and done, you don't get to do that. That's how you I should, feel. Yeah, you That's just my opinion. That. That's just my yeah, opinion. Yeah, again. Um, the first five years spent writing Harry Potter, J.K. solely focused on the rules and regulations of the characters and the boundaries they would never cross. So Smart. basically it's kind of like, this is Harry Potter. These are his rules. These are his blah, 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 blah. This is Ron Weasley. Yeah. You know. That's how those characters are so yeah, you know, that's deep. What, yeah, exactly. Um, Tom Felton, who plays Draco Malfoy, originally auditioned for Harry and Ron. It, it worked out the way it was supposed <laughs> yeah. to. I think. While filming the Horcrux kissing scene between Harry and Hermione, uh, the imaginary kissing, it's the Horcrux trying to get to Ron. Um, the actor, Rupert Grant, actually had to be removed from set because he could not stop laughing when they'd kiss. Yeah. So they physically had to say, dude, you've got to go. You well, can't laugh. I mean, obviously, we don't know them personally or anything, yeah. but I can imagine, like, they all grew up together. They're yeah. probably really, really tight, really yeah, close and friends. Yeah, like off snickering, yeah. like, oh, they're snogging, you yeah. know? <laughs> you know, like brothers and sisters yeah. and stuff. And then poor Emma Watson and Daniel Radcliffe had to, you know, Have do this that. sensual kiss. It it's very, not a kiss. It's a make-out. Yeah. Um, so it's probably but Yeah, they, they had to say, get off the set. <laughs> um, Did you know this? Here's something. Did you know that in, at least on these movies, and I guess it's, maybe it's an English thing because I haven't heard anything about it from an American film, but if an actor is, you know, holding up filming because they're laughing or they're messing up a lot, they give them a red card. And that means they're, it's a penalty on their pay. Like they take a fine out of their payment because they're holding up production because they can't get it together. And there's footage of this of Emma Watson getting a red card because she was giggling so much. And after they gave her that, she was like, oh, okay. Maybe that's why you don't see as many British bloopers as you do over here in America. Maybe. I don't like, know. our gag rails are insane. Like, oh, yeah. go back and watch The Office's gag rails, How yeah. I Met Your Mother, Supernatural, any of those. They go on. The Avengers. I mean, mm-hmm. the MCU gag reel is crazy. I saw it on one of the documentaries on one of the Blu-rays yeah. or whatever. So, I don't know which one it was. I'm sorry, but it happens. So That's funny. Yeah. Final fact, Rowling stated herself that the Dementors are the physical embodiment of her depression that she fought. And I was Mm. like, that's kind of, like, beautiful. Yeah, I like that. And sad at the same time. Yeah. Um, Because we all have our own Dementors that we fight on a daily basis. And I just criticized J.K. Rowling. Let me be clear. I love J.K. Rowling. And she's done a wonderful thing. And no one else could have ever done anything like it the way she did it. No. And something like that, what you just said, like, that's deep stuff there. Absolutely. That's good Um, writing. Yeah. When you put yourself into your work like that, you know it's going to be good. You care about the product. Yeah, that too. Um, So we got quite a few questions here. I don't want to linger on too long. Um, Peyton. Rapid fire. Yeah, Peyton has a two-parter here. If someone other than the Seeker happened to accidentally catch the snitch, would it count? I would say no, because because that's that's the Seeker's Seeker's sole job and responsibility. Uh, Here's another fun story. (laughs) 
Did you know that there's real life Quidditch, like yes. leagues of Quidditch? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. I'm not ashamed of who I am. When I was in college, we had a Quidditch league. At Tusculum? Yes, sir. I was the keeper. Did you just run around on brooms? Yeah, you basically take a broom and you have to keep one hand on the broom and you put it between your legs and you run around. It's kind of like soccer. Or lacrosse. And my when I was working at GameStop, I was telling my manager about it and he was giving me such a hard time. He was like, oh my gosh. I can't even say the things on here, what he said to me. He was just ruthless about it. I was like, oh, yeah, buddy. Well, like, half the cheerleading squad's on my Quidditch team, so I'm having a great time. I'm having a great time. <laughs> and then he had nothing else to say. So uh, The other part of Peyton's question is, if you put a memory in the pen save, can you still remember it? Yes. Um, I don't... I agree. I mean, Dumbledore puts his memories in there over and over again, yeah. and he still talks about them, so I would imagine that okay. it's a Yes. Um, Andrew asks, the average wait time currently for the new Haggard ride is up to 300 minutes in line. Would you all wait in that line? Let's answer at the same time. One, two, three. No. no. <laughs> I'll wait until the appeal has worn off and yeah. nobody cares about it, and I'll wait like 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Carolyn, me mum, oh, she mummy. asks, do you think the early books foreshadowed more of a Harry-Hermione relationship before Jenny became in the picture? I don't remember ever feeling that way. It's been a while since I've read some of the later books. Uh, I felt but. it a little bit in the first two, uh, especially like at the wizard's chess scene and the keys scene and her having this long talk with like, it's always been you. You've got to go on. Um, and until you meet Jenny, I, you're also kind of sitting there like, well, who would he date? I think that there's more clear foreshadowing with Jenny to be honest because when like the first up. time she in the first book she's at the at uh, King's Cross at the yeah at the platform with him and she's Good like luck. shy and in the book like she's hiding behind the mom and everything so okay that's just my opinion Chris asks which movie was closest to the book oh I don't know honestly I think four is pretty close I really couldn't tell you. I remember the Deathly Hallows uh, movies being pretty close to the book, but when you have the opportunity to divide it into two movies, you can. It's easier. You have uh, more freedom to do that. Absolutely. Um, Logan asks, "What is your favorite magical moment in the series?" Examples: Quidditch, Night Bus, Wizard's Chest. Mine's the Night Bus. Um, Quidditch. Quidditch. I think I love Quidditch. Bradley asks, if magic were real, what would be your favorite spell to use in the muggle world? Obliviate. Make people forget? Yeah. So I'm be like, here's what I think of you, buddy. Blah, 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 blah. Obliviate. When Godrium Leviosa. Make things float towards me. This is why you're a sloth. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Lee asks, will you rate your favorite movies in order from... Favorite to least favorite. Oh, Lord, I'd have to think about it. Um, I would have to say Sorcerer's Stone, um, Order of the Phoenix, Goblet of Fire, Chamber of Secrets, Deathly Hollows, Half-Blooded Prince, Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay, I'm going to go Order of the Phoenix, Chamber of Secrets, Goblet of Fire, Sorcerer's Stone, Deathly Hallows 2, Deathly Hallows 1, um, Half-Blood Prince, Prisoner of Azkaban. Ah. So those last two we have the same. Yeah. Cool, cool. 
Uh, thank you for the question, Lee. That was definitely a thought thought provoking one. Um, Madison asks, "What Deathly Hollow would you choose? The Elder Wand, the Resurrection Stone, or the Cloak of Invisibility?" Who? Well, we know that the Elder Wand is kind of tricky because people are always going to be after it, mm -hmm. right? Like people were killing people in their sleep to get it. Didn't that happen? Yes. Uh, uh, it's like the twenty four seven title. The Resurrection Stone would be really nice, but they don't come back the same. And you learn that like the one brother that got that, he just kind of wasted away in sorrow or something mm -hmm. like that. So I'm gonna say the cloak the, the cloak. Visibility. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, her second part of the question is why not kill Umbridge earlier? Stupid Pepto Bismol color wearing hag. Dang. She did not like her. Um, who who would who would have killed her? The kids aren't going to kill her. They're not murderers. And how would they get away with that? I don't know. I'm sure we all want a number She's protected. Though, so. She's protected. That's true, too. Um, Brian asks, whose performance stuck out to the to you the most? Alan Rickman. You know, I want to say that, but in all honesty, I absolutely loved Gary Oldman and Alan Rickman, but stuck out to me the most, I would say Umbridge's. She, she was very good. You yeah. Hate every fiber of her. I hated her more in the book than I did in well, the movie, to be honest. They with. didn't give her as many shining moments in the movies. In the book she is the worst thing on the oh, planet. Yeah. Darren asks, in the Goblet of Fire, why did he just not say Accio Golden Egg instead of going through the flying uh with the dragon and stuff? Um pretty sure that the ministry uh who was in charge of the event, mm -hmm. they thought of that. And so they put like a protection spell on the egg so you couldn't cheat and do it that way. Oh. I'm about 99.9% .9 sure that that is exactly the reason why. Okay. Michael asks, Why didn't the British Ministry of Magic call to their foreign counterparts for help in the war with Voldemort? Because um, since then, we've well, I mean, we, we knew about Bobet and Durmstrang. We've learned that there's an American embassy. Mm -hmm. They're all over the place. They're all over the world. Why didn't they call for help? Um, well, a lot of the war was like fought in secret. Like they didn't know where Voldemort's people mm -hmm. were. And think about it: the war when the war was going on, Voldemort's people ran the ministry. Yeah, they're not going to call out to other countries, "Hey, come help help our government," because they were the government. They were the government. So you know, okay, they couldn't really uh, get around. Yeah, that's that. a good point. Yeah. Megan asks, did you like that Harry wound up with Jenny? Was there enough build-up? I think the build-up was good. Yeah, I um, guess so. I was also, what death hurt the most? Dumbledore. Serious. For me. Dobby sucked too. Um, Dobby in the book didn't bother me. Only in the So in the movie, Dobby was the worst for sure because I cried like a little baby uh but i think snape was pretty rough because after that he yeah takes his tears to the pen and i love snape learns everything I, i'm gonna say dumbledore was the worst for me even though it was spoiled tk you oh. you're up there with stacy now oh <laughs> tk it's hard to hard to to get uh, to the level of stacy but i think that might be close and the final question, Adam asks, do you prefer the story with younger Harry or older Harry, and why? 
I've never thought about it before. I think I like question. probably younger Harry because the story is a little more lighthearted then. Not that I don't like the darker um, stuff because I do, but... I would have to agree with younger Harry, but my reason is the introduction, the wizarding world not being fully established. Like, him learning a, in any detail, like even the chocolate toads, you got to keep an eye on them or they'll hop away. Yeah. The, oh, i got a Dumbledore. I've got about nine of him. Oh, he left. Yeah. You don't expect him to stay around all day, Everything do you? was so casual, you like, know, how did you not know like, this? How did you not know this? You know, I think just the building of the wizarding world. Uh, and then once it became older and established, it was just kind of like, okay, now we've got to go darker because we've already created it. Yeah. Um, and I just think, like, when I talked earlier about reading the first book to my kids, they were able to keep up with that. If you think about the books later on, like, probably starting at, like, five and on, they're really complicated. Yeah. And I like I and like that, on, but... Even starting in five, you're on the brink of war. Yeah, but... Then it something about something changes. about things being so simple and everything. Yeah, I just it really completely like changes from, you know, like early Lord of the Rings, The Shire. Yeah, it changes from that to the Battle for Middle Earth, darker tone. You know? Well, <laughs> darker I was about tone. to say, like you and I both always say that, like the original, the first movie you or can't the first beat whatever, it's the origin, our favorites at yeah. least. Yeah, great questions, people. Thank yeah. you so much for sending Appreciate them it. in and taking the time. Um, this has been a very long episode. This has been our longest, uh, probably nerdiest probably. episode ever. We had some nerd diving into quite a bit of stuff. So if you've made it this long, cheers to you. Yeah, definitely cheers to you. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a change in pace for next week's episode. See, yeah. We're normally breaking down all this nerd stuff and diving into different things, whether it be a streaming service or a movie. But we have a, a dear friend of ours, uh, not just a friend of the of the podcast, but a friend of ours in life and in the theater world. Uh, his name is Peyton Bowling, and uh, he has survived more than any person his age should. It's hard to even imagine uh, some of the things that that Peyton's gone through. But if you, you know, talk to him and and everything, you, you would almost never know. No. You know? But he has an amazing story, and he's he's very upbeat, and he's always very positive and happy, and he makes people smile. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's very loved, Absolutely. and we want to share Peyton's story with you. It's incredible, and he's one of us, guys. I mean, he's a, he's a mega nerd. Absolutely, and, um, yes. We're going to sit down and chat with him and um, maybe his family a little bit and really share his story because it's worth hearing. It's incredible, and like, like Tyler said, it's going to be a little bit different than what we normally do, but this is something we feel strongly about, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we want to share Peyton's story with you. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, if you know Peyton... Uh, even if you don't, uh, we hope that you'll tune into that episode. Uh, and thanks again for all the questions. Uh, thanks for getting this far to our uh, sponsors, Patreon supporters. Um, thank you to all who in the Nerd Nation who make 30 and Nerdy happen. Because um, without you, there is no us. So uh, Absolutely. Um, thank you very much. And uh, have a great time, man. Yeah, me too. And with that, we'll... Uh close this episode out and we will see you muggles next time
You're a wizard, Harry. 